Hey, hey, everybody, what's going on? It's your girl, No Mercy here. It is Tuesday night, so you already know what time it is. It's time for No Punches Pulled with me, No Mercy. Some of you probably already know who I am. For those of you that are new here, my name is Brooke Milbrook, formerly known in the fight business as Brooke No Mercy Deardorff. I am a retired professional boxer. I held the WBC lightweight title until I retired. And I was inducted into the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame in 2022. I have been through um, some good, some bad, and of course, a lot of BS in the sport of women's boxing. This is my platform where we talk the talk and walk the walk. We're going to bring out the truth in women's boxing. We'll hear from pioneers of the sport, past boxers, current boxers, even future boxers. We'll be getting down and dirty, speaking the truth of what takes place in women's boxing. You don't want to miss a single episode, so please make sure that you like, subscribe, and share so you don't miss any Tuesday night here with me. But today, guys, today we have a very, very special guest in the house. We have the extraordinary boxing sensation, Deirdre Dangerous Gogarty. We will discover her inspiring journey as she battled against the Irish Boxing Union's resistance to women's professional boxing in her homeland of Ireland and ultimately forging her path to the UK and USA. We will dive into the intense showdowns that defined her career, including the unforgettable clash with another legend, Laura Serrano, which cemented her reputation as one of the fiercest competitors of her era and of all time. Let's not leave that out there. We will witness the historic bout that revitalized women's boxing as she faced the legendary Christy Martin at the MGM Grand Garden on the undercard of a Mike Tyson card, leaving an incredible mark on the sport of women's boxing. We'll relive that moment that everybody knows where she landed that powerful punch splattering Martin's nose with blood and claiming the title with her and Martin as fight of the night, outshining the main event with Frank Bruno and Mike Tyson. Prepare to be inspired by her trailblazing leg legacy, recognizing with her induction into the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame as well in 2015. Get ready, y'all. Get ready. This is going to be a great one. Help me welcome Deirdre Dangerous Gogarty to the show. Deirdre, how are you? It's such a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show to share your story with the world. I appreciate you rearranging your schedule to be able to join me. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Brooke. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, I am super excited um, to hear your journey. Um, and, and it's just, just an honor to have you here with us. Um, let's start by going back to the beginning. If you could just tell us a little bit about your childhood and what led you to boxing. Well, uh, that's kind of, um, interesting because I started to just fall in love with boxing and I don't really know where it came from. I didn't know anybody that even liked boxing. There was no boxing tradition in my family at all. So I had no real kind of door to go through from my home life to the boxing life. I just kind of had to figure it out on my own. I didn't know anybody that liked boxing at all. So it just seems to be something I was born with. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's just in your blood. So I tell people it's just, yeah. you're born with it. Um, tell us about the first time that you stepped into a boxing gym what was your experience did you i'm sure like all, most of us have trouble with trainers other fighters taking you seriously being a female in the sport well it took me a long time to actually get into a gym uh ball it took me a long time to encourage to even approach a gym because just women weren't even allowed in the gym back then because we were kind of considered a nuisance, not because of um, the worry that we'd want to box, but it was the worry that we'd want to be boy, uh, boy looking for boyfriends in the gym. So we were kind of considered a nuisance. So, um, so just approaching a gym was very, very difficult. And it took a lot of courage just to even uh, talk to the trainer. But finally, I chatted him up one day and I think he was so uh, curious about me and kind of wanted to uh, 
kind of see what was going on with this girl, a daughter of a dentist, asking all these questions about <laughs> boxing. So he said, that much, you can come watch the, the lads train. So I went and watched them train, and I just kept coming back and coming back. So finally, he said I could train myself. Okay, you could train yourself. Well, I mean, that's one step into the gym, I guess. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, definitely. And it was all little dreams one at a time. You know, my first dream was to even get to talk to a genuine boxing person all about boxing. Yeah. And my next dream was really be in a real boxing gym watching boxers train. And then the next dream was to actually train myself. So it was all a succession of little dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, baby steps, definitely baby steps. Um, so what motivated you then to pursue an actual career in boxing, despite the challenges and the resistance you had to face by to women in the sport? Well, I mean, it was the only thing in my life I was really, truly passionate. I was just extremely driven and I just had this vision. I had watched uh, my fellow Irishman, Barry McGuigan, lift the world title and I wanted to be a world champion just like him. And I didn't see why... Um, I should not get that chance. So I just um, kept working. And I felt like if I worked hard enough and got skillful enough and gave brought dignity to the sport, that surely they'll let me fight. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, we all have the same hopes and dreams, male or female. Um, and like I tell everybody, it doesn't matter what your dream is. You can do anything if you just don't give up. You just got to keep fighting for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you share your experience of fighting against the Irish Boxing Union's refusal to sanction women's professional boxing before you ended up leaving Ireland? Well, it, that was just terribly frustrating. Um, you know, I tried to get, uh, you know, that kept getting back. Well, women aren't allowed to, to fight. And I, you know, I just wanted an exhibition. That's all I wanted is just an exhibition just to, because I really felt if I could just go what I, what women right. were capable of that, you know, that would knock down all the barriers. Cause I thought the fear was that we wouldn't be able to fight. You know, we'd go out there and slap in and pull in hair or something. I don't know what they right. thought, but I mean, I just <laughs> felt once I show, no, I can really box. Just let me show you. I thought it would, it would all open wide up, but um, even just getting an exhibition every time it seemed like I'd have an exhibition set up, it would get shut down. And there was always some sort of excuse. Um, and it always kept with something medical, typically like a fear we'd uh, get breast cancer. It would damage our ovaries that we were unstable while we were on our menstrual periods and all these crazy things. Yeah, anything they could come up with to say no. Any excuse, really. Well, how did that experience mm -hmm. shape your, determined, your determination and your resilience to keep going and not give up? Well, I mean, I just felt I had no choice. Uh, you know, I knew that uh, when boxing had been licensed in the, uh, since the 70s. So I just felt the only place to go was... Um, America and I had looked into Europe and other countries because it did seem like a little bit was happening in, in France and, and Italy and some other places, but it just didn't seem to come together and it just seemed the most sensible thing would be to go to the States. Yeah, um, which at that point you did end up um, relocating to Louisiana eventually. Um, tell us about the decision and your experience um, traveling to Louisiana and what made you choose that location? Well, the reason I chose Lena is because I had boxed in London and my coach's friend knew a guy in Louisiana called Bo Williford. And he uh, told me if Bo Williford doesn't any, know anything about it, well, it's not worth knowing because he knows everything there is to know about boxing in the United States. So I wrote to Bo and I didn't hear back from him for a long time, about nine months. And I finally heard back from him. And um, he said, Deirdre, you're one bad mother because <laughs> he had watched some footage of. So I said, well, I guess that's something good. 
So he said I could come over it for a tryout and he would, you know, see how I do and do his best to get me a fight. I didn't realize that he was only doing it as a favor to a friend that he really didn't want me to come. So um, when I came over, he put me in really hard. He put me in with a world champion, Kenny Vice. He was future champion at the time. And I'd seen Kenny Vice knock out Jim McDonald in, in England, and it was a horrifying knockout. So that was my first sparring partner, and uh, it was really, really hard in the heat of Louisiana with the ball, uh, crawfish boiler bo boiling in the gym. And uh, it was a really tough way to come to, and I really felt, my gosh, what have I done, you know? But I stuck right. it out and going and I just showed him showed him I wasn't going to give up and eventually you know he became my greatest advocate and we boxed all over the United States yeah absolutely and I feel like every single one of us especially I mean obviously you're from before my era but even all the way through my era we really had to stick it out and prove our worth and um our talents to the coaches because they they did everything they could to make us quit um they just right. wanted to deter us from doing it so they tried everything to get you to just give up and quit and not come back and you really had to earn their respect um and once once you earn the respect then then it was it was kind of like you know cake from there but it, it took a lot of work for all of us i think especially back in the day to get that respect for them to actually take us seriously and really put time and effort into us and not just allow us to be in the gym's presence. Right. Absolutely. In uh, April of 1995 was the first uh, like big fight that I can remember with you. And that was the fight between you and Laura Serrano on an all female card staged by the WIBF at the Aladdin hotel and casino in Vegas. Um, it's regarded as a defining moment in your career for sure. Could you walk us through that match and the impact that you that it had on your reputation as one of the toughest fighters of all time? Uh, yeah, well, that was a, a match against a great fighter, and um, it's probably the most painful loss of my career, um, and painful because um, my coach threw in the towel in the seventh round. And um, but it, up to that point, it was a great fight. I mean, it really was, and it was close. Um, uh, you know, I really boxed well early in the fight. I was always a very good starter. In fact, I don't think I've ever lost a first round against anybody. But um, Laura just kept coming with the pressure, and I got sucked into getting into her fight, and I wanted to beat her at her own game, and she beat me at her game. Yeah. So, um, but it was fight and I think um, unfortunately it's just a fight that doesn't get much recognition you know in fact I think you're one of the few interviewers that have ever asked me about that really fight, which always amazes that's a, a shame because fight. that that fight I mean I, you were like I mean that was a like changing point in your career I think where it, it showed that you were like truly a phenomenal fighter um, and who knows what had happened had the fight not been stopped. I mean, it was a very close competitive fight. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a great fight. And um, it certainly showed, and uh, the whole card was terrific, actually. It was a brilliant card. And it just showed what women were really capable of. And, um, Absolutely. you know, it, it was kind of the beginning of the really greatness of the the late 90s you know the last half of the 90s when women were really coming out and really looking strong and some amazing champions on that card yeah absolutely and i if i remember right you never did get a rematch with her right no i never fought again yeah that would have been a that would have been like the ideal rematch i think definitely for for you so, uh, we never came together yeah. Well, not long after that, though, you face another legend, Christy Martin, which is like made women's boxing boom in, in the moment um, at the MGM Grand on the undercard of the Mike Tyson fight in 1996. Um, everybody is known that that was a very pivotal moment for women's boxing. Um, how do you feel to be a part of the fight that brought women's boxing back into the spotlight of the media? 
Uh, I mean, it was an amazing experience. You know, at the time, I just didn't realize, you know, in the fight itself, I mean, we knew it had, was going to be the first women's fight on pay-per-view. That decision was made just a day or so before the actual fight. But I guess I just didn't realize. I guess I figured after the Serrano fight, if that didn't light up the world, I figured, you know, against Christy, you know, it would be, it would be a great fight, but just kind of lost in the mix. But it actually did get the attention it deserved. And um, I'm really glad it, it helped women's boxing. I'm sad that I lost the fight, of course. You know, every fighter wants to win, but um, I'm delighted the impact it had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Christy was getting a lot of buzz then, obviously, um, with her promoter, Don King, and then the, the fighting on the undercards and stuff. So, but it was a phenomenal fight, very close fight. Um, the same thing. I wish we would have saw that rematch because that was another fireworks. It was, they were literally fireworks. Um, could you recount the memorable <laughs> moment though, when you landed that powerful punch, bloodying Christie's nose mid fight? Yeah, well, I remember kind of setting it up. I was way closer, a little bit closer. And when I felt I had her lined up right, then I threw it and it did land perfectly. Um, so, um, but she was so tough and strong. I mean, she really walked right through it. I'm not, you know, in the fight itself, I was thinking, eh, bloody nose, it's no big deal. It's not going to stop her from seeing. It's not sure not going to stop her from coming after me. So I didn't think was a big deal but the audience sure loved it you know they thought it was a big deal yeah absolutely uh, well i mean if looking back even at the images i mean afterwards i think just the, the excitement and the explosion of it all was the fact that it bled like profusely for like the rest of the fight her she was covered in blood like in the photos so I don't know. You know how people are that watch boxing. Anytime someone's hurt or there's blood or cuts or anything, they just get super excited. Um, and it just made mm -hmm. women's, it was definitely the fight of the night for both of you um, outshining the Tyson fight. So there was no way that they, that was undeniable that women's boxing was just as good, if not more exciting than the men. Yeah, I mean, it got a great reaction and people were all talking about that that fight and not any of the other fights. And there were some fantastic world title fights on that card, but yes. they were talking about our fight. Yeah, I think absolutely. it's just, um, like I said, me and Christy, we knew women could fight, but I guess, you know, uh, most people didn't and they were amazed to see it. And I guess yeah. the blood added more drama to the event. Exactly. So, I mean, you think ideally, though, the it didn't affect the dynamics of the fight at all or the or the overall response, because, I mean, it, she walked right through it and kept coming. So really, it didn't other than it being yeah, like I mean, a bloodbath, it didn't affect her at all. It didn't seem. Um, it probably affected her breathing. But I mean, as far as the judges or anything, they wouldn't be pushed. You know, they wouldn't be swayed by that at all. So, yeah, absolutely. No. Well, I know that, look. um, go ahead. I mean to cut you off. No, no. I just said it just looked cool. That's all. <laughs> it, yeah, it did. It definitely did. It definitely did. And it, it was just, I don't know. It was just explosions, fireworks. I mean, and I, it was a, a very, very pivotal point, point turning point for women's boxing. Um, it made a huge difference. And without that fight, who knows if women's boxing would be without you and Christy in, in that fight, who knows if we'd even be where we are today. Um, so that, that, that was huge for us back then. Many female boxers though, I know who were active in the late nineties and early two thousands, like we were talking, um, including Layla Ali and so many others have personally said they were originally inspired to try boxing after seeing your fight with Christy Martin. Um, in that sense, you delivered the bloody nose that helped launch the boxing careers of dozens of other fighters. Um, did you were you aware of that? And how does that make you feel about your your career and your legacy in boxing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard that over the years from various different uh, female fighters. So it, it feels great, you know, that um, that that many were inspired by it. And I always felt, uh, I always had a big vision for women's boxing. You know, I knew one day it would, 
be topping cards and and I knew the uh, quality would come up and I'm just glad, you know, to have helped other women realize there is an opportunity to do this. I knew there was lots of good fighters out there. They just needed a chance to do it. Yeah, absolutely. A chance to be showcased. That's really all we ever really needed. Um, mm -hmm. In 1997, though, uh, you finally got an even, we're going to call it an even matched fight with another great, though. Um, one that you had been wanting for a while with Bonnie Canino for the WIBF featherweight title. You did win that, um, a 10 round decision becoming the WIBF featherweight champion. Tell us how important winning that belt was for you and how it felt to be officially called a true champion. Well, I mean, it was, the belt was everything, you know, I'd been through a lot. I'd lost to Christy, I'd lost to Laura, I'd lost to Marianne Almagar, and I'd lost to Stacy Prestige. So, I mean, the, you know, all these losses had a big, big impact on me. And um, this was my third attempt at a world title. And I really, I really was going in with the mindset, if I don't win this, uh, that's it, I'm done. I mean, I just felt like I blew it against Laura and I blew it against, uh, uh, Christy, you know, we're very hard on ourselves as fighters. Absolutely. You know, winning is winning is everything. Or how how you lose, losing is just failure. So I absolutely yeah. have vital because I mean I gave everything up leaving my homeland, my family, my friends, all my relationships behind to sacrifice everything to be a fighter. I was still working a full time job doing all this as well. And um, so winning the world title, I mean, that was the affirmation of everything I had done. And it would just kind of cement my legacy. I, even though I knew I'd made positive impacts in women's boxing, it's not the same as not being a champion. Right. So, yes, that title everything to me. Yeah. And there were so many before you that never even got the, even though they were true champions, never got the opportunity to fight for a title or have a belt. Um which is just sad, very sad. So I'm super happy that you guys in that era had finally got the opportunity to even fight for belts um, because there were many who never got the opportunity. That's so true. Many have said though, that speaking of the fight with Bonnie Canino, that the fight was kind of ugly to watch. Bonnie used a clinch filled grabby style at times, uh, more reminiscent of like a Muay Thai rather than boxing. Um, at one point they it's said that she almost wrestled you through the ropes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the fight and what you thought about her style? Yeah, it was a very rough fight. Um, very uh, rough. And she did push me out of the ring at one point and I landed on my back. And, you know, it's never good to be thrown out of a ring because it does take something out if you landed on your back like that. But, you know, I just felt I, I, I could tell she was bringing her game because she felt that was what would beat me you know and the prestige had done that in our world title fight and i think um maybe she was trying the same thing kind of a um a bullying kind of brutal tactic yeah and uh you know uh, around the fourth and fifth round it was starting to work a little bit and my coach said you better start bringing this back in you know you don't let her take this over so i mean i had to really uh get back in the fight and really box hard and really out hustle her but um yeah i mean i, I wish it was a better uh as far as a boxing exhibition fight you know a great match. and it was kind of grabby and dirty and um i felt like every time i, I tried to spin her around she would push me down so i didn't spin her as much much as I wanted. But anyway, I definitely feel I won the fight hand. Yeah, absolutely. Was, especially Brown. And sometimes they definitely feel that that I mean, sometimes the I, I they call it the dirty, gritty, like just nasty style of fights. Sometimes people like that, that's they feel that's all they can do to win. And and if especially if they had seen someone do it before, then in their mindset, that was the key to beating you was to be a bully and roughhouse you. Um, and I can tell you from experience, I mean, I was a very, not dirty fighter, but very aggressive fighter. Um, and that's how I beat a lot of the, the boxers was because they just couldn't handle the pressure. But there's still a difference, though, between being dirty and 
doing dirty tactics versus just straight pressure. Um, but it, still, still, it, I mean, you, you clearly won the fight. You deserve the victory and you deserve to be called the, the true champion. And, and finally, at that point. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. During your last fight in 1998, you had suffered a torn rotator cuff during training. And then you unfortunately re-injured it during that fight. Um, after in recovering, though, from the injury, you attempted a comeback but decided to retire after seven scheduled fights that fell through. Um, can you tell us a little bit about was that just like people didn't want to fight you or like management, um, like promoter issues or like what what happened with the seven failed fights? Why was it not working out? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I don't know if it really had an impact, but it just seemed like, you know, none of nobody got paid on the uh, the fight I fought, Bonnie Canino, nobody on the card got paid. Uh. And I don't know if uh, that had some kind of impact on on the um, on my manager or what happened, but um, we kept trying to get fights. I was supposed to fight in Argentina and Germany. I mean, I, I trained hard for a lot of fights that fell through and um, it was just really, and I was still injured. I mean, the, the shoulder never got better, but I, I just wanted to defend my title and keep being a champion. And uh, so it's strange that the end of my career feels climactic. I mean, I spent the first four years of my career not being able to fight and the last four of my career not being able to fight. And I um, I finally hung up, officially hung up my gloves at 35. Um, so, you know, I hung around a long time trying to get fights. Yeah. This didn't happen. Very frustrating. Yeah, very. Um, I, I did, yeah, training for fights and going through all that work to have it fall through right, like night of or right before and not get a fight is it's devastating um you literally give up everything to do training while you're working and doing everything else it's, it just takes it takes a lot out of you to just get nothing um over and over yeah. do you regret giving up at the time or do you feel like retiring was just there was no other option because there just wasn't going to be fights well, you know, I was training for a fight at one point, and I remember, you know, I used to love the training for a fight. I loved the Spartan lifestyle. I loved the hard regime, the dieting, like building your body up to this crescendo of fitness. But there was one fight I was training for, and I remember out being out running at five in the morning and thinking, gosh, I can't wait till the day after the fight, and I don't have to do this. And I knew that was the point I needed to retire. Because yeah. I was just, um, you know, that's when you're when you're looking past the fight, you know, you're already retired. Yeah. Yeah. If you lose that hunger um, and that drive and, and determination, mm -hmm. there's there's no nothing left. You're just looking for an injury at that point. So, yeah, that that point yeah. is the best decision to go ahead and, and hang up the gloves. But you were in being inducted into the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame in 2015. That's such a remarkable achievement. Um, I just recently was inducted, so I, I it was phenomenal, phenomenal um, experience. How does it feel to have your contributions and your legacy recognized in such a prestigious manner? Oh, it's wonderful. You know, it's wonderful to be uh, remembered and to get such a uh, such a good honor and um, to be, uh, you know, remembered and respected. And, and um, you know, it's really important because you, sometimes you feel everything you've done, does, does anybody really um, recognize it? And, that, that you know, that's the ultimate recognition. Um, yeah, other than campaign to erect a statue of me in my hometown in Drogheda, Ireland. I mean, that would be definitely another ultimate recognition. So it's really wonderful and very prestigious. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know I, yeah, and I, I, I think that that's in the works for you, hopefully, but I tried to get in my hometown. I wanted to get even, um, I, I tried talking to like the committee and all of them, even to get like a bench or something at the park 
like with with you know my info put on it it didn't even have to be like a statue or anything and i can still get it but i have i have to purchase it um and i just don't have the funds to purchase it right now so maybe i'll start saving for it and maybe eventually before my time is over on this earth we'll get something put in my hometown this is a really small hometown um nothing like big or anything but just something to just like leave that stamp in my hometown um not that people there don't know me because it's a small town but still uh, just the thought of it is special. So I totally understand yeah. the statue. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, all of us female, especially female boxers, have faced a lot of BS in the sport. Things that we just shouldn't have to go through. We shouldn't have to deal with at all. Um, I know you kind of mentioned some things with trainers and stuff. Can you tell us about some like the worst experiences that you had to go through um, back in your time as a female fighter that you just shouldn't have had to deal with? Um, gosh, well, there's a lot. Um, but um, I think I remember mostly what was really hard was they made us do a, this pelvic exam before all our fights. And uh, the trouble with the pelvic exam is it cost more than what I'd get paid for the fight. So, I mean, I'd be in debt. You know, I remember they would cost four to five hundred dollars, and I might only be getting paid two or three hundred dollars. So it was right. costing me money to, and that that was very difficult. You know, especially um, you know I was working a full time job, getting paid minimum wage, and um, you know the struggle just financially was extremely hard. Um, so that was really tough. But there's there's lots of other tough things too. Um, but that. Yeah, there's there's so many things I, I've talked about several several of mine as at some point or another since I started out the show. I think eventually I'll probably get through a lot of them, but there's just so many things that we I try to tell people, especially like the newer fighters, like things to watch out for, little things here and there um, that are said or done in a certain way that it's just not okay. And I think it's getting better, but it's still it'll never be it's it'll never be gone. Just I we have to deal with so much more. I feel. Yeah. yeah. What are um what are some of your female role models in boxing? Did you have any females that you um looked up to or that were role models for you? Uh well that's a very good question. Um well just because um I was one of the first to come along in my time, all my role models were male. Yeah. So I uh, love Harry McGuigan, of course, was my Irish hero, and I loved Sugar Ray Leonard. And um, the first one I watched was Jack Dempsey. So, um, so unfortunately, the best uh, female role models were probably the tennis players. To be quite honest, yeah. <laughs> you know that's the that's the great female athletes we got to see back in that yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, fe females in any good. sport was hard to come by yeah absolutely so they were ahead of their time in a way you know? absolutely absolutely how do you think the landscape of women's boxing has evolved since your time in the sport what changes and improvements would you like to see in the future uh well i think it's come along amazingly well i mean i think nobody bats a nine that led now at a female fighter and um I think, you know, I just went to Katie Taylor's fight in Ireland and I mean, it topped the card, it packed the stadium. And I, that's exactly what I envisioned, you know, that that's what women's boxing could become. And I think um, the sky's the limit with it. And I think it keeps building on itself and building on itself. And I think um, it's just going to keep growing and growing, getting better and better. Absolutely. I was going to ask you, um, but since you brought up Katie Taylor, I was going to ask you about that anyways. Um, she has stated in lots of her interviews that you were, you know, her role model growing up. She had reached out to you at a young age in, in her teenage boxing years. Um, and you were very welcoming and kind of like mentored her a little bit um, and then made it to her big fight that she just had at home in Ireland. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Katie Taylor? I've, I've always wanted to have her on the show since I started. I've reached out to Eddie Hearn. I've sent emails. I've sent her messages. Hopefully one of these days I'll be able to connect with her and bring her on the show. Um, I would love to have her on the show as well. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Katie and what it was like seeing that 
such a big fight headlining a major card in Ireland? Well, it's pretty incredible because when I think back to when I first met her, she was just very young. She was only about 12, 11 or 12. And uh, she came, she was um, really, really keen. And she was asking basically how she could get fights. And at the time, of course, I had left Ireland by then. I was just home visiting and um, was fighting in the States. And I hate to tell this poor young girl that... Uh, there's no fights in Ireland. Um, but I just I just remember telling her, you know, just keep at it. And if you keep working at it and getting skillful enough, somebody's going to let you fight. I really felt um, that that's what it would take. And, um, you know, it's just incredible that she stuck with it as long as she did and that she, you know, all these years later and she's headlining a card. Not only has she already been to the Olympics and won gold, now she's headlining this huge card in Ireland. And that was that little yeah. girl I took those years ago. So, um, yeah. And I know what she has put laid out. Someone else is going to build on that. Even um, it's just amazing. It is. When it really just, is. And I've been, I've been watching amazing. Katie since. It is. It's totally amazing. I've been watching her since since the Olympics, her Olympic days, um, and I've always thought she was a tre tremendous fighter she, and I knew at that time she would she will definitely go down as one of the greatest females of all time um for sure hands down no questions asked um I was a little bit upset about the last fight the, the one that you were at um I thought for sure hands down she would have that fight no problem not not, not to put anything against Cameron I just felt like she always adjusts so well to everybody that she's fought that's gave her trouble early on, she's always able to adjust. Um, but I felt like for some odd reason, like she was off from the moment she started coming out for the ring walk. Like, I, I don't know, I thought maybe she like was sick or wasn't feeling well. Um, and then as soon as the fight started, I felt like she was off. Um, she wasn't throwing the combinations that she used to. She seemed slower. Did you notice that too, or was or was that was it just that that was just that much of a tough fight for her? Um, yeah, I mean, I I kind of felt her timing wasn't there, and I thought she was she got off with some beautiful combinations, but they were just a little too late. She was kind of yeah. responding more to Cameron rather than initiating the combinations herself, um, and uh, you know, Cameron just kept coming and walking her down and so it might have been a timing issue and maybe just a, an off night um and you know sometimes you can go into a fight and, and you probably know this yourself in the greatest shape of your life and for some yeah. reason something happens where you just don't feel it you know you're just yeah. not there and nights are like that yeah a some i mean yeah 100 percent totally agree with that sometimes you're just you're not fully there i mean it's something's just off um, and that's in anything we do. So, yeah, I definitely felt that. Um, I, I know they just announced, I think, the rematch clause that she initiated. I think I want to say like November, maybe they're going to fight. I can't remember for sure, but I think like November. So I'm super excited for the rematch. I'm sure it's going to be just as big as the first one. Um, and I, I hope that she gets herself all together and comes back stronger than ever. And yeah, gets that timing down. And we, we see another, um, tremendous fireworks show from her because all her fights have been great great fights yeah um so yeah. i'm super excited well, for that one yeah another great one for sure yeah absolutely i can't wait for that one i'm super excited um i feel like that one and then i don't know if she'll if she'll do the rematch with amanda maybe eventually i know amanda's kind of said at this point it's a hit or miss but that would be another good one too, but I definitely felt like she put on a great show for that fight. And I, I feel like she pulled off the victory for sure on that fight, even though people have, have seen it both ways. But if I've went back and watched it multiple times and Katie won that aside from the one big round that Serrano had, um, I feel like she definitely won a majority of the other rounds, um, even though they were close. Um, so, but it was a great fight. All her fights are great. So I'm super excited for that one. But back to you. Um, since retirement, though, you have become a trainer, I believe, at Raging Cajun Gym in Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your your experience with coaching? Well, I coached for a long, long time. Um, 
up till, you know, in 2019, my coach Bo died and um, we decided to shut the gym down and then I moved away. So I'm not near any boxing clubs at the moment, but um, I coached for a long, long time. And the reason I did is because I knew I needed to fill the void of boxing myself. I didn't want to kind of get pulled back into fighting when I really wasn't at my best anymore. And it's easy to do. I mean, it, it's it's hard to walk away from something you've poured your whole life into. So I um, started coaching and it was super rewarding and wonderful. And um, it wasn't just all the champions we produced. It was just good, good citizens just, you know, trying to guide young people into a better life and mostly believing in themselves. That was the biggest thing. And the, the thing I enjoyed passing on more than anything was um, teaching people how to kind of make the most of their self and believe in their self. Yeah, absolutely. You also, um, to my knowledge, though, you have a memoir that you co-wrote called My Call to the Ring, a memoir of a girl who yearns to box that was published in 2012. I would absolutely love to get my hands on a copy of that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the book and where we can purchase it? Yeah, well, uh, you can get it on uh, booklocker.com or on amazon.com. Okay. And um, yeah, yeah. Took me four years to write the book, and it was a real, um, very kind of the, the cathartic experience. It was tough, though. It, it was tough going back into all that real painful stuff, and um, it was uh, a kind of a grueling experience. I didn't expect writing a book to be grueling, but it actually was. But I just felt I had to be as courageous and honest with the book as I was with the boxing. So. Um, I wrote a kind of a, a, a tell-all and about my backstory and everything, and, and not just about boxing, but what was going on in my in my personal life as well. Okay, I'm definitely gonna have to get a get a copy of it for sure. I did not um, know until I was looking up some things on you for the interview that you had a memoir. I don't know why, but I didn't know there was one, so I'll definitely be getting a copy of that for sure. Um, other than Katie Taylor, I know impresses you very much. Are there any other females in today's era that you really enjoy or impressed by? Oh, I mean, I'm impressed by so many of them. Um, you know, I try to watch them every chance I get. And um, I mean, there's there's many, many, and there's more coming up. Absolutely. Um, so that's the exciting. Um, but I mean, I, I enjoy watching them all, you know, there's a lot of potential out there. And of course, you know, the greats are, are fighting right now, like Carissa and uh, Katie, Yeah. you know, I mean, and um, we got a great Irish, Irish fighters too coming up. So um, nice. I mean, it's just going to keep and getting better and, um, and uh, you know, but I'm not surprised people ask me, oh, are you surprised by how, great women's boxing is now no, no. i'm not surprised it was it's always it's been doing that great. exactly it's, yes exactly yeah it's always been that great i do feel like sometimes looking back like in your fights and even like my generation of fights there was a lot more like gruesome wars then than we see now. not that they're not amazing spectacular fights now um, but I think the level of, because they're able to train full time as a boxer, a lot of them now, and we worked full time jobs, um, had our kids and really went to the gym, maybe a couple hours a day. Cause that's all there was time for. So we weren't really fully trained. I I'd hate to see what kind of beasts we would have been. Had we been able to train all day, three times a day, like they're getting to now. So it's phenomenal, but I feel like maybe their skills are showcased even more because they're able to fully commit to a boxing career um, and not have to work elsewhere, some of them. So the fights are more technical. Um, they're still action packed. And I, I love watching female boxing way more than male boxing because there's just so much action in them and they're more exciting. But I feel like back in the our eras and like your era and my era, there were so many like gruesome, just dog fights. And I, and I haven't seen a lot yeah, of those yeah. today. Yeah, that way, that you, now that you say it all right. Yeah, it was definitely gruesome. But I think, you know, the women 
back then that you know you sacrifice i mean all boxers sacrifice boxing's a massive sacrifice but i think when you're you know slogging away at a full-time job five days a week and your only weekend you're you're trying to travel to a fight and fight and get back to work by monday morning i yeah. mean uh, you know it's it does bring out a a, a different kind of person in you yeah absolutely and uh, the fights for sure yeah i totally agree i totally agree i'm still waiting and, and like i said the fights are still phenomenal today like they're very exciting and very action-packed i'm just waiting till we get one of those just really all out wars like i don't know it's coming i'm just waiting until that matchup hits and i'm gonna be super excited to see that um not that there hasn't yeah. been some but like just that i don't know you know what i mean the like we had back in the day yeah. <laughs> um can you yeah. share any advice or words of wisdom for the aspiring female boxers who are facing obstacles or that just want to strive to make their mark in the sport um i mean i would just say keep working and, and learning the skills showing what you can do and you'll you'll get that opportunity remember it's still a, man, a man's game in the sense that you have to have a, a man-like mentality you can't go in a boxing thinking that you'll be should be treated differently because you're a girl you have to have a a masculine mentality for a sport like that so that's the kind of thinking you have to have absolutely that that's a hundred percent true hundred percent true um is there anything that we didn't discuss that you would like to discuss or let people know that i might have missed that like sticks out to you um, i mean I, I i can't think of anything at the moment because you asked a lot of really good questions we covered a lot of ground and um no, I just uh, want to tell people, you know, I'm really grateful for the women boxers of today that are carrying what we did forward because, you know, if we'd have done all that work and broke all that ground and they weren't doing it now, it would have been kind of wasted. Yeah. It would have, you know, we'd kind of out and, and wouldn't have left something behind. So I'm just grateful that they're doing what they're doing and, and, and bringing it forward and bringing it to a higher platform that it deserves absolutely yeah i've always stated always um in everything i do if it wasn't for the eras like your era and everybody before putting that little brick in the road like all the way up through and through and through i mean we had to just keep going if it would have fell off we would have never been anywhere but all of us working together you know generation after generation continuing to to push forward and and build that path of bricks on that road to get it to where it was to allow the olympics for women um and to allow people to be able to be at the height of their careers today it's it's phenomenal to see and i've always said though i i it makes you want to come out, out i'm getting i'm 42 now so i'm past that time i think but for the last i don't know five six years that it's really starting to grow 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 i'm like man I would have just killed for one mm -hmm. fight like that with that exposure and all of that and and the pay not that all of them are making pay but some of them are getting million dollar paydays three figure paydays i mean the more the most i made was four thousand so I, I can't and that was for my wbc title so i'm just amazed and i'm like man it couldn't have been like five years earlier or ten years earlier I think I've been out of <laughs> 10 years, um, but I'm super happy for everybody that it's our work. Everybody, all of our work is paid off um, and that it is got to the point where it is today. Um, but without you and everybody before you and everybody after you, it wouldn't be there at all. So I, I for those that pay tribute to the past boxers, I I'm so humbled and grateful that they do. Um, I feel like there are some that kind of forgot about the past. Um, but a lot of them still pay tribute. Um, Katie frequently talks about people, you from the past and people from the past, um, you know, building the way for them. Um, so hopefully that continues generation after generation. Um, because just like in the men's game, there's, there is greatest of all time in every era, like they, there's going to go down and you're definitely going to go down forever and ever as one of the greatest of all time. Um, even though you you feel like you didn't get all the wins you want i feel the same way we didn't get them all 
Um, but you're still gonna you're still one of the greatest to ever lace up the gloves for sure. Well, thank you. And congratulations on your Hall of Fame. That's thank all. you. Yeah, it was it went by so fast. I said I still am still trying to soak it in. I'm still trying to soak it all in. Um, I'll be at the inductions this year, though. Um, Sue invited me back for the anniversary as a special guest, so I'll be there again this year. Are you gonna Are you gonna make it for the for the anniversary? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, I okay. have to look into it. So I have an old son now, so he's my life now. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe maybe we'll cross paths at the inductions. That would be phenomenal to meet you in person. Um, if not, I'm just honored to have had the opportunity to speak with you tonight. And you come on here and tell your story. Um, do tell everybody, though, where they can follow you on social media so they can stay connected and, you know, see what's going on with you. Okay. Well, I sure appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have a, on social media, is it just your private page or do you have like a boxing page people could follow? Uh, yeah, the um, public page is um, Deirdre Gogarty Morrison. Okay. So everybody, yeah. you guys can go follow Deirdre. her there, see what's going on, follow any news or anything that's happening. Um, and yeah, thanks again for coming. It's truly been an honor. Um, hopefully one day we'll get Katie in here to continue the Irish, you know, background and push the, push the Irish speaking over there. Um, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully I'll connect with her one day and I'm super honored to have you and maybe we'll see you in October. Fingers crossed. You never know. Yeah. Oh, you never know. <laughs> All right. You have a great so. night and it's been a pleasure. I, um, will talk to you another day. All right. Thank you for having me. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining me tonight on No Punches Pulled with No Mercy. Hey, Angie, I see you in the comments. What's up, champ? How are you? I'm super excited for your fight coming up um, and everything that's going on with you. Um, I see you over there. Uh, appreciate you always tuning in. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing icon in the sport. Definitely one of the best to ever lace them up. Um, please do make sure that you like, subscribe, and share the episodes, please. Um, spread the word. We want to get some more people in here next week and the week after that and the week after that. Um, there is also a donate, donate button below if you guys would like to donate directly to me. It does go directly to me and my show. Be greatly appreciated. If not, no biggie. We're here either way. Um, but do please make sure that you follow me on all my social media platforms so you can stay informed about the show and who's going to be on every single week. I do post who's coming on every week so you know ahead of time. Um, you can find me under, of course, my podcast page, No Punches Pulled with No Mercy. And then my public page, Brooke No Mercy Deardorf, hashtag Millbrook. Um, I post it all over social media so you guys can always see who's coming. But again hey um our scarf one thank you for joining and tuning in i appreciate it i hope you enjoyed the show uh but that's it ladies and gentlemen thanks for tuning in with me tonight i will see you all again at the same time same place next tuesday at 8 30 p.m eastern standard time with the next amazing episode of no punches pulled with no mercy but until then punch hard nothing else matters have a great night y'all <laughs>